Strategic Hotbox with Dr. Brandy Love Stankovic. Discussing leadership, business, and how to take control of your life and achieve greatness. From the streets of Las Vegas, energized, informed, and never diluted. It's time to kick some ass. Hey, it's your girl, Dr. Brandy Stankovic, here on the Strategic Hotbox, coming at you kind of live, like we're in the studio, we're recording this live for you, <laughs> and excited to talk to our good friend Linda Bodie will be here today, and we're, have, we're going to hit the topic of I'm coming out. Let me explain more. As you know, here on the Strategic Hotbox, we learn, we love, and we kick ass. We've been doing so for a really long time. 90s of episodes. It's insane. So many, so many episodes. And so thank you to all of you that are listening, watching, and being a part of this journey with us. I'm Coming Out is a special episode that we're going to talk about LGBTQ plus leadership and what it means to be an employee, what it means to be someone who leads this community, and how we can all work together hand in hand to make a difference. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is something that we've talked about a lot here on the Hotbox. It's very important to me. And the ideas and ideals are out there in business very much. The push is everywhere. With that in mind, I really want to, to remind everyone, these aren't just buzzwords. And so I'm sure you've seen those organizations that are like, yeah, we have a DEI program. What does that even mean? And how is it being institutionalized? How is it being executed within the organization? But there is hopefully an increased understanding in the world today that DEI truly does have a more a successful impact or the organization can be more successful with a diverse perspective, with a diverse family of employees, clients, communities, etc., and there is an urge within these efforts to have more transparency, knowledge, and affinity, and working with affinity within the community. The LGBTQ plus community certainly is a group that continues to fight for inclusion uh, at all levels. Compared to maybe 30 years ago or something, the world has made some strides, but there is a long way to go. And in the U.S., uh, the Americans are still facing, or the, those in the community are still facing some legalized discrimination. So things that we are still have as legal, but are discriminating against the community in things like housing or parenting or even being an employee and some of the employee practices that some organizations still have and should be examining. The Stonewall riots, as many of you that are watching and listening would know, uh, in 69 did kick off this modern fight for the LGBTQ plus equality. And they, I, I believe, and it is known there are still many obstacles to overcome. I was recently part of a, a meeting in credit union land amongst the industry of people, of allies and those in the LGBTQ plus community called CU Pride with our good friend Linda, which we're going to uh, talk to in just a second. And while we were there, we were sharing stories and it was our first meeting and we were watching DC and we're sitting down and we're brainstorming. And a CEO shared that his board had asked him to either not bring his husband to credit union events or to really not to publicly recognize each other as partners, you know, in, in the public setting at all. And that it was heartbreaking. This is still occurring, you know, in the in the day to day. And others shared that their organization has some lip service in their their inclusion efforts that all are welcome. But how does the environment actually 
play that out and how does the culture actually support some of those initiatives and so having a conversation around what we can do is, as leaders and what organizations can do is really important so i'd like to introduce you to our guest uh linda bodie is here with us today and she certainly leads her organization and her overall leadership is in authenticity and, of course, inclusivity. Linda is the chief innovator at Element Federal Credit Union. She's got her bachelor's in accounting and a master's in technology management. She also co-developed and deployed the world's first remote deposit capture with the iPhone back in 2009. I don't even think I knew what an iPhone was in 2009. And she's a board member of CU Answers. She also works with Filing Research and is a council member. And she is a steel drum rock star. So you have to check her out if, if you haven't already, if you don't already know our friend Linda. So please join me in welcoming Linda. Hey there. How are you? Hey. I'm good. How are you doing, Brandy? Good. Glad that you're here. So you are certainly a believer in human rights and, and equality and human justice. Tell us about you. What has been your journey in leadership? Well, I think it started when I was born because mm-hmm. uh, I've pretty much been in trouble and, and not followed the common path since I was born. Um, it's always a little bit of a rebel and a troublemaker, mm-hmm. uh, never one to follow the status quo. So I think that, um, it's just been part of my life to, uh, grow and develop and figure out who I am and my place in the world and to hopefully, um, make a better path for others who might be in my same situation. So from the time you were born, you've been bossing people around and breaking rules and, and being a rebel, huh? <laughs> I love it. I don't know about bossing, but doing my own thing my own way. Oh, I love that. And <laughs> when did you first come into a more formalized leadership position? Uh, probably in my 20s. Uh, my very first uh, job with the credit union was actually as the CEO, and that was in 1998. Oh. So um, I was still pretty young at the time. So I've been here for um, almost 22 years Um so I kind of grew up in the credit union industry as uh, kind of being thrown out there and uh, learning to to raise myself, raise my team, and and raise a credit union that was very small and very inexperienced at the time. Mm. What an incredible opportunity for somebody that's so young and have the ability to be able to grow up with an institution. Did you were there a lot of fear associated with that? I think I was too young to be fearful because mm-hmm. um, I just pretty much tackled everything that I, I would jump in before I'd think about it. So I, I took the credit union job thinking that I would just be there for a short time until I found my dream job. And mm-hmm. little did I know that uh, being at the credit union was my dream job. So um, I had a lot of support, a lot of um, help from other people in the credit union industry. My examiners actually coached me. Um, so I just studied and learned and, and, and grew with it. The, 
So if we shift gears and talk a little bit about the LGBTQ plus community, what was the journey like for you in coming out? I want to share really quickly, I saw some sort of social media post, I think it was on Instagram, of a pair of twin young social influencers who are gay and they called their mom to tell her that, you know, they were doing some sort of formal, they felt the need to have to have this coming out, you know, like, process and she called and was like why did you feel like you had to call me and tell me this it, it's become more just it's okay either way there doesn't have to be this but certainly 20 30 40 50 years ago there was more of that formalized so what was that journey like for you yeah so i'm in the older generation i grew up in the 70s and 80s um so coming out was a very fearful thing and, and not something that I personally did until I was able to support myself because of the fear, um, maybe irrational fear, maybe not, of uh, being rejected by my family. So um, I kept it to a close group of friends early on. And as I felt, like I said, as I was able to support myself, then I came out to my family, um, which most of them were fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, some one not, um, but it it was a totally different environment back then. And you, I mean, you definitely did have to come out because that was the only way that anybody would know. Because back then, pretty much everybody was hiding it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was a scary time. Do you think that today we're seeing the the ceremony components of coming out lessen in some areas, or is it still by and large something that people need to feel the need to then have a sit down talk with everyone? I I think it's different for everyone, but I think it's um, pretty commonplace now that um, parents are realizing their children are gay or the children are telling them early on that they're gay mm-hmm. and it's more of a non-issue, but in other areas, other areas of the country where it's not accepted, then it's probably a little bit different, mm-hmm. but I do think it's much more open and it's not the ceremony mm-hmm. today that it was back in the day. And with your friends and family and, and even workplace was the, the, what, like, what was the difference in, in their coming out stories, or did you have any different struggles in that regard? Um, it, again, it's all over the place. Everybody's experiences were different. Some of my friends, their families were like, who cares? We already knew. Mm-hmm. Um, some were thrown out of the house. Some, it, it's, it's really all over the place. Um, Nowadays, I think it's probably different. I think people are more accepting, but um, sometimes not. It's just, it's still, I don't know that it's it's better. It's just more visible mm-hmm. because back in the day, we didn't have, I mean, Ellen had, Ellen wasn't even, have her coming out episode until 1998 yeah, wow. um, or 1997. So we didn't have role models. It, it wasn't common. And if it, the role models that were out there um, there weren't many, mm-hmm. uh, now it's everywhere. You see it everywhere, your family, your friends, everybody knows somebody. So it's, it's just more commonplace and more accepted, mm-hmm. but still a struggle, still a struggle for many. 
Absolutely. And it and it really comes down to just even the family unit. Some, even if they're in the right communities with the right support networks, even sometimes families have different dynamics or cultures that that lead them to be less of an open or supportive place. And with that, with that in mind, what are some of the, and you mentioned, of course, like there is this, this, con, this concept of the ceremony of coming out. Are there any other things that you had to deal with 20, 30 years ago that someone doesn't have to today? Uh, good question. Um, I, I think people probably are less fearful now um, if they live in an area that is accepting, if their laws protect them, mm. um, back in my day, I don't think any law protected anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> now it's, uh, it's still a patchwork across the nation, but there is, there are protections in place for people. So I don't think legally, um, people feel as threatened. Marriage is legal now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's certainly a plus. Um, when I, finally got legally married, it was like, wow, this is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, it felt like, you know, we're part of society. We're, we're normal now. <laughs> <laughs> we get to, we get to experience all the pleasures and, and struggles of, of marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I guess back then you just had to come out to more people more often because people were pretty oblivious to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's just it's common mm-hmm. just easier what about the opposite or vice versa is there anything that people are facing in this community today that didn't exist maybe 30 years ago well clearly the internet is an issue mm-hmm. uh, back then we just had magazines and um, you couldn't be cyber bullied and you couldn't mm-hmm. um, have people attacking you on social media um it, I think the the internet has been a blessing and a curse at the same time. So it has allowed, um, it, it it's allowed people to be more connected, but at the same time to be more harassed mm-hmm. as well. So um, that that's definitely uh, a difference from thirty years ago. Yeah. And did you right from 1998 when you got to the the organization? Did you decide, okay, at, at this organization, I'm going to create this inclusive environment, or was it an evolution? Oh, it was definitely an evolution. Um, without knowing how to how to run a credit union in the very beginning, <laughs> my focus was really on on that. But um, as I grew comfortable and started growing the credit union, then that that piece came into play and, um, me being involved with the, uh, civil rights movement since in my early twenties and being involved with gay and lesbian issues back then, that was part of my personal life that I, I guess I brought into the workplace and made sure that our, our members and our staff, um, that that was part of who we are, who we were as an organization. Uh, to make sure that we were an accepting place because there weren't many accepting places at that time. It was still still pretty new. And did you get any feedback or kickback because of that? You're being kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, rebellious at the time in showing inclusivity? Yes. Um, we had some negative feedback from some people, but we had way more positive feedback than we did negative. 
uh, so, I mean, any time that we've done anything uh, for the community, now it's been overwhelmingly positive. But but uh, back at the time, yes, we did have some negativity. It still was. Um, I was still fearful. That's that's a thing that does creep in every now and then. Oh my, what have we done? What's going to happen now? Mm-hmm. Um, but with time, uh, everything worked out. Um, I've always had support. If I've not had support, I've not felt it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, there's always that that twinge of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Is is there anything bad that's going to happen simply for for helping people and want to inc- it, wanting to include people? Um, and are what are some examples of how you've institutionalized this inclusivity at your organization? Well, probably the biggest thing that we've done has is uh, be involved with our local LGBTQ plus. Well, organizations. Mm-hmm. We've been involved with our um, West Virginia Rainbow Pride for many years, participating in our June Pride Parade events, um, sponsorship of different organizations, um, having an inclusive uh, employment policy, and um, making sure that people know that we're inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, so those probably are the biggest things is um, having that community connection and uh, being involved. Yeah. I mean, one of the meetings that we had together, somebody shared with me an easy way to make a step in that direction is to remove pronouns from employee handbooks or to use, you know, they, them, it, it universally in some of our forms and things to just kind of remove some of those those barriers and some of the newer um, ways that organizations are wanting to be inclusive and supporting organizations in your community sounds like a great way that an easy way for organiz- for credit unions or other institutions to then begin supporting uh, different diverse communities right you um actually walk the talk when you're out in the community you can write the words down you can say the words but they don't really mean much unless unless you're practicing them and and showing people um, that you really do mean what you say. Mm-hmm. And so tell me what it looks like to participate in Pride. Please tell me there's like parades and rainbow shirts and something fun. Oh, uh, the the festival has grown through the years. I can't remember uh, the very first parade. It was it's probably around 96, 97, 1997. Um, so each year the parade has grown, it's changed roots. Um, there are plenty of drag queens, plenty <laughs> of people decorating their cars. Uh, now there are concerts with, with, uh, performers, well-known performers. Um, it's, it's grown to, uh, a pretty big, big group of people and a week long celebration. So I know we're in a small town, but uh, we have a very good turnout for the state of West Virginia. Oh, and that's it's amazing. always so much fun. Well, that's great. And I love the, the that your organization can get involved in that. So let's talk a little bit about allies. You and I have had many conversations around that, and it seems to be that where we are right now, in our industry anyway, is, is some next steps of people to begin recognizing and supporting different communities. What What's the role of an ally? I think the role of an ally is 
um, number one, to show support that, yes, I believe in you, I care for you, and I respect you, and I want to include you in our community. Number two, to be out there on the front lines with us, mm-hmm. uh, pushing for change, pushing for acceptance, pushing for laws, um, because this is not something we can do on our own. Just with any minority, uh, you definitely have to have allies to um, finally push the uh, acceptance, the rights, whatever it is that you're looking for, to push it over the finish line. Mm-hmm. We just, we're too small to do it on our own. Uh, and we need allies. We, I mean, for one humanity, we should love all human beings. So it's, it's, I don't know, isn't that just common sense mm-hmm. that everybody should be on board for, for accepting everyone? Mm-hmm. And I think that some of the times when people are not are fearful of becoming an ally, or there's reasons where they don't want to 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 be out there and saying, "I yes, I am an ally of a particular diverse community." That it could be from a lack of understanding, it could be from a fear, or it could be from some inherent value system or something you know metric in their head. With that in mind, though. Having allies, having more people out there would eliminate some of those first two that I talked about of educating people, of making it a more comfortable conversation for everybody to be a part of and make it not a, a scary place to be able to ask questions if if there is are people that are naive. Absolutely. And the more we engage people, um, allies, and answer questions open and honestly, the more they're going to understand that we're you know, we're just like them. It's just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always want people to ask me questions and learn more. Mm-hmm. And I want to learn from them as well. And I'm an ally for other groups, mm-hmm. not just this group. Sure. Um, so I think some people are compelled to be uh, rebels, proactive, stand up for the little guy mm-hmm. um, or little girl or little person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if those terms are right. Whatever but. the the the, <laughs> the, the point. The, absolutely. The one the most vulnerable amongst us, you know, and I think that that can change depending on the topic or the communities that we that we're a part of. What if and only if you're comfortable answering this because I'm kind of throwing it at you, but what would be the most common question you receive? Oh gee. Uh the com- most common question now. I don't have a common question now, but back in the day, um People would say, are you two sisters when they're referring to your, your girlfriend? I don't know if um, men got that, that comment from people, <laughs> is he a brother? Um, but that was like, is that your way of asking, are you gay without asking, asking that? If you're gay, right. That was one of the weirdest questions. Like, are you sisters? No. Um, I mean, do you guys look you- alike? They say that people, when they're married for long enough, they start looking <laughs> like one another. So... <laughs> But when you just start dating someone, you can't look like <laughs> <No>. them. <laughs> it, it's happened way too much. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> but now uh, I don't get questions. Mm. I really don't. It's just like everybody gets it. Mm-hmm. Or if they don't get it, they're not asking. Right. 
And I think that the question, I'm hoping that the question in the circles that I run or the people that I want to be around, I don't hear that question, are you gay anymore? Because it, it, it wouldn't matter regardless, unless I was trying to pick up on somebody, you know what I mean? Or something to that effect. Like, do I have a chance here? It would be the only reason. But other than that, like it, it doesn't, I see that less, you know what I mean? Um, that when it comes to this in, in general, if we could wrap it all up into a bold action item or something that you would could see or would like people to start taking away or doing differently today, what would that be? I think getting involved with any kind of um, organization that is related to the LGBTQ movement. Um, if you're talking credit union specifically, uh, the CU Pride Group is a newer group. Definitely join that. Um, we have a lot of allies as well as uh, people in the community. Um, if you're talking community in general, outside of credit unions, there are organizations within your state. Uh, I would reach out to them and ask for information and how you can get involved and how you can help and uh, either get involved with the community or be an ally to the community and um, start making a difference. I love that. Can you share a funny story with us or something, a, a story that's happened along the way? Um, I will share a funny story. All right. I think it's funny now. I didn't think it was funny at the time. Um, but back in the day mm -hmm. of the very first Pride Parade in Charleston, West Virginia, like I said, back in 97, I think, uh -huh. um, my friends and I, we're, we're so, I think we were really scared of attending the parade because number one, we thought we'd get shot. We thought oh somebody, you know, somebody would attack us. It's the very first time in a small town. Mm -hmm. Um, so we were like, we just, if please God, don't let us end up on the front page of the paper, please. Um, so we're marching down the street. There's two, 300 of us. Um, it was a sunny day. So we had our hats and sunglasses on. Um, we didn't get shot. We got a lot of support. That's the good. very first one. That's good. Uh, <laughs> nothing bad happened. It was, you know, all that fear. Um, so the next day, there we were on the front page of the, oh, no! of the Sunday paper. <laughs> I was going to say. So did <laughs> so you end up? <laughs> still have that photo, too. <laughs> oh, good. You can save the newspaper clipping. But, but it was okay to be on the front page. It was good news. Well, I guess. I mean, you couldn't. Tell. We knew who were who we were, so mm -hmm. we did. <laughs> we didn't want other people. To everyone see had us, called so. home to mom and dad before this came <laughs> on the the front page, right? There was no uh, surprises in that way. Um, so yeah, we're gonna do a little a little game uh, where I'm gonna throw some words at you, and then you just quick response. Does that sound good? Sure. Okay. First one should be easy. Bass drum or steel drum? Steel drum. All right. I love it. Handshake or hug? <laughs> hug. All right. Maybe, you know, that, that we're still getting used to the hugging, you know, this year, I feel like, uh, once again. Dive bar or dance club? Dance club. Oh, this is giving me ideas. And earth tones or fluorescence? Earth tones. Really? Earth tones. All right. And if I could, I would blank every day. Uh, play my steel drums every day. You know, that's my retirement plan. Is it? 
Well, I think it's a good one. We should create a credit union band. The world would be a better place if blank. We would just love each other. What a beautiful way to end. If people wanted to get a hold of you and learn more about your organization, how would they do that? They could email me. They could uh, send me a message on Twitter. They could call me. <laughs> What's you your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is at Linda Bodie. Excellent. And we'll put your information out on the site as well. So thank you so much for being here with us. I really loved seeing your face and I hope I get to see you soon. All right. Thanks, Brandy. It was good to be here. Bye. Let's head out to Bye. our shout out. Bonjour à tout le monde. Bienvenue en France. And you're listening to Brandy on Hotbox. Thank you to Linda and thank you to my friends in Paris, France for the beautiful shout out. What an incredible, rainy, beautiful day it was in Paris. And I loved the conversation we had with Linda. I feel like we could talk about this all day long coming up with action items. She is certainly a wealth of information, but it is, it is the time. It's time for me to give you your top kick ass takeaways. So when leading the LGBTQ plus community, whether as a leader, as someone in the community or one leading an organization of employees, diverse employees, what should we do? Number one is to institutionalize the inclusivity. It's not necessarily something we just talk about. Institutionalize it. It's time for it to be part of your policies and procedures. It's time for you to, to walk the talk. It is time for us to start implementing some of the, the ideas that are happening around the organization. So institutionalize. Number two is create support networks, create and support networks. So you're creating support networks and you're also supporting other networks. And those are both really important. So allies are a part of this conversation. We talked about it with Linda. It's about getting all people together, having a, an important conversation around the, the, the diversity, equity, and inclusion and saying that I want to create this network if it doesn't exist. And I'm also going to support the other networks that are around to be, be there. And if you are of the community, or any community that you feel like you need additional support, seek networks. Number three is to be vigilant. And I love this word specifically because it's about be aware, be willing to stand up, be willing to, to be there and say, this is not okay, or this isn't within my belief system, or it's time for me to stand up and say, I want uh, to make change. I want to make a difference. There's your top three kick-ass. Thank you again to Linda. Thank you to our shout out from Paris. Thank you to all of you that have been a part of this journey with me. I really appreciate it. We'll put Linda's information out on the website. And of course, you can hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of them at Strategic Hotbox or at Brandy Love. Until I see you again, get out there and kick some ass.